going? We're going <laughs> to yeah. the world of the deep dark web. I think I would hazard to say that the, our next guest is possibly the most important person we've ever had on this show in terms of keeping the world safe. Mm-hmm. Her name is Teresa Payton. She served as the first female chief information officer for the White House during President George W. Bush's administration. She is currently the CEO and founder of Fortalist Solutions, a boutique cyber security and intelligence services company oh. that is listed in the global Cybersecurity Top 500. She is also named as one of the top 25 most influential people in security in the world. And she is a published author of the book Manipulated Inside the Cyber War to Hijack Elections and Distort the Truth. (laughs) Is she an Avenger? (laughs) Oh my goodness, she should be. And she joins us. Good morning, Teresa. Well, hello. How are you? Oh, uh, <laughs> what is the difference between the web, the dark web, and the deep web? Remember those old printed phone books that would have yes. listings of restaurants and cafes and places you could go? So if you went to a new city, you'd say, like, can I look at the phone book? And now you don't need that because you can go to the Internet. Well, that's the structured part of the Internet. Think Google search, Yahoo search, Bing search. The deep web is actually that unstructured part of the Internet. You can't get to it through a search engine, which was really created to create sort of anonymous spaces for dissidents in country to report on human rights issues and other issues without having their government knock on their door and take them out in the middle of the night. That unstructured part of the web also has a cloak of anonymity. Uh Now, unfortunately, things that are created for good that have things like cloaks of anonymity, that created the dark web, that seedy commerce marketplace. You know, think Amazon for illicit goods. There are actually good people who will find themselves um, shopping on the dark web because they're trying to get, let's say, medicine that they can't get in their own country, and they'll actually take to the dark web because they're desperate for a cure for their ailment. How do I get there? By accident or on purpose? You you cannot accidentally trip over it. Uh, You actually have to have a special type of a browser. Um, One of the most popular ones people know about is something called the Tor browser, which stands for the Onion Router, which was actually created to search the deep web, and you use it also to go to the dark web. Teresa, is that where you live in terms of trying to get people and create dark things to good? Like, how dangerous is that place? It is not a place for the faint of heart. There is a lot there that's hard to unsee. It's graphic images, uh, things that people say, uh, things that people are marketing in. But one of the things that you'll find is oftentimes in order to get to a greater population of people who may want to buy their goods, they'll actually go to the open web and they'll go to places like social media. They'll go to a place like Reddit and they'll start talking about these, you know, alternative cures or alternative medicine that may not be approved in certain countries. And then if somebody says they're interested, they'll then tell them how to reach them on the dark web. We have a fantastic unit started here in Queensland called Argos that deals with child exploitation. When they're hunting people down, they can start in social media, but also eventually would find those sort of networks on the dark web as well. They do. We do volunteer work, pro bono work for law enforcement and nonprofits. Here in America, we have the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And oftentimes they may reach out to the children on social media, on gaming platforms, in messaging apps. 
but then the trading of the graphical images of these children who have been victimized oftentimes will happen on the dark web. So, Therese, is that happening to kids, say, in Brisbane, Australia? I wish I could tell you, yeah, sure, if you live in a good neighborhood, it's not happening there. It is happening there. Some of the cases that my team and I have worked are so disturbing, and it's happening in every type of neighborhood. This isn't something that it has socioeconomic or global boundaries. So how do we know if our kids are doing that? The best thing that a parent can do is actually talk to your kids about it and just say to them, here's what I want you to know. I know it's hard for you to understand, but delete doesn't mean delete. The internet never forgets. But if you do something and through no fault of your own, it ends up getting shared, you know, some a private photo, private video, things that put you in a compromising position, come see me and talk to me about it. I call it the safe zone. So basically it's your promise to them that these problems don't get better with time. And if they do encounter an issue either for themselves or their friends, if they come to you and say, mom, dad, I need to invoke the safe zone, take a deep breath, mom and dad, and let your child talk to you, your teen or your young adult, the screaming and the yelling and the grounding, like put that aside and sit down and map out an action plan and help your kid and be your kid's advocate. All the studies say, and these are global studies, that when these problems happen, the kids try to hide it from the parents and it actually makes the situation worse. You want them to feel comfortable coming to you and telling you because it doesn't get better with time. No, it doesn't. Thank you very much, Teresa Payton. Of course, none of us resemble those parents whatsoever. (laughs) If your child does ask for the onion router for Christmas, no, (laughs) give them a copy of Manipulated Inside the Cyberwater Hijack Elections and Distort the Truth by Teresa Scary Payton.